Hey, Nick. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Happy Easter weekend. Happy Easter weekend, indeed. I feel like it's been a long time. It's been almost a week since our last pod. It has. It has. This week has been extremely busy for me. I had two exams, and I had a bunch of assignments due this past Friday. So yeah. uh, it's for for online classes, as far as they go, it's been pretty stressful. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Does, does it feel like a bit of a relief to have this week over now, then? Yes. Yes, it does. It really does feel nice to be an Easter weekend, enjoying the uh, benefits of not having much homework over this weekend, and just recording another podcast with you. It's nice. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Definitely. So for our listeners, I'm proud to say that we now have reached triple digits in terms of listens. We have 107 total plays, so thank you all so much. And in case you're wondering where you can get this podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and apparently Podcast Addict as well, which I didn't even realize we'd signed up for. But according to our statistics, 3% of you have listened on Podcast Addict. So we're hopefully available wherever you get your podcast. We're working on Google. And yeah, we'll, we thank you so much for your continued support. Yes, I fully agree with that. Uh, we couldn't be doing this. Well, actually, we appreciate you guys supporting us as we do this because it's a way for us to pass the time and for you to pass the time during this quarantine. Um, so, again, my name is Nick Kadarsani, and my co-host is... I am Dave Taylor. Right. And we are both having our, what? what is this, fourth or fifth episode? I think I think this is episode four now. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, because it's our fourth episode, we're having our second guest come on tonight, and I believe he's on. Bora, are you on? I don't think he is, but when he does hop on, um, his name is Bora Bashildes. He's a student at Colorado School of Mines, just like myself, also a sophomore, and he's dual majoring in two different majors that he will go into detail about. And, you know, we thought it would be very nice to have him on and talk about how he's passing the time during quarantine and how he's doing things besides staying home and just getting bored. Yeah, (laughs) this will be fun for me, too, because I know that Bora is in the same fraternity as Nick, Sigma Nu, at Colorado School of Mines. So this is going to kind of let me peek behind the curtain at College Nick and hear some fun stories I've probably never heard before of what you've been up to these past couple of years at Colorado School of Mines. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You guys will finally hear the secrets. Um, so I think I think for now. Oh, hello, Bora. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. You have uh, Dave and I on right now. Um, I welcome. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, so Bora, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then uh, if you want to talk about, you know, topics of interest, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, I think, so, my name is Bora Bashildis, um, I'm a software at Minds, um, with, with Nick, and, uh, my majors, um, not just one, <laughs> is, uh, math and computer science with, uh, some research in phys and some other liberal arts kind of topics, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a casual dude, I don't know. Nick probably knows I kind of keep it laid back, but I play some music. And uh, recently, I just like I, about like ten minutes ago, I did a uh, reharmonization of I think the Ocarina of Time. Wow. I was, uh, yeah, so I was just messing around, procrastinating, and uh, <laughs> I uh, was like, I was playing a few notes, and I was like, oh, I recognize that. So I got it down by ear, and then so for people who don't know what 
reharmonizing is is uh it's when you take one piece and you kind of like pieces have like they have chord changes they have keys they kind of have a set rigid structure most of the time you know especially in pop music but for what you can do for like a few songs is reharmonize them you change the key kind of keep the general structure and then uh kind of swap it around and then i don't know that's kind of what i did uh but oh cool and now, sorry, which instrument did you say this was piano. on? Piano. I've been playing piano, piano for about fifteen years now. It's been a, <laughs> it's it's been a long journey. Um, I started out classical, and then uh, one day I, I like for classical piano. I grew up playing it. I did a bunch of competitions as a kid. I was pretty good. <laughs> I was pretty good. Um, but it kind of like I was doing all these like six, seven page sonatas, and so. For anybody in like specific, there was this, it's the third movement of Moonlight Sonata. And that one was just a chore. And I was like 11 years old. I was like, no, yeah, no, thanks. I'm not ready to be like a concert pianist. Or So Bora, Bora is the type of guy who he'll always keep himself occupied. He'll always look to further himself. And he's someone that I really respect because of that, because he looks to <laughs> you make further. It. Yeah, of course. So he looks to further himself in education or um and skills and stuff like that and it's something that you know i admire and anyway we met last year my freshman year of college um because he was neighbors with me in our dorm room building area and one of the first times i think bora knew that i was a little bit of a uh, loud guy not shy kind of just all up in there you know was we had a community shower uh, or we had a community bathroom. So there were four showers in that bathroom. There were three stalls. There were two urinals. Man. So there were more than, there was always more than one person showering. And I would always play music when I was taking a shower. And, you know, I think that's the first time Bora really got to see that side of me. That was just, you know, I'm not shy. I like to talk to people regardless of what the circumstances are. So we could be in the middle of the shower and I'm like, hey, Bora, song request, go, you're up. <laughs> yeah we would be actually that would happen frequently not only in the shower but uh you know in the in the stalls as well and uh <laughs> nick would memorize everybody's shoes so he knew and you're sitting there you know try you know it's a public place you know you've come from home and you come in you sit down and then you just see oh, hey what's up bora like oh, <laughs> oh no, 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 these he's boundaries like, i think i think bora and everyone on my floor quickly understood that when I start to live with someone, when, once I start to connect with people, these boundaries are just out the door. I mean, one of those times, <laughs> Truly. Um, it was 2 a.m. in the morning, and I had already asked for fruit snacks from that room that they were in. This was Bora, Brandon, and Tobias. So it was 2 a.m. in the morning, and I thought, you know what? I would like another fruit snack pouch, okay? So I went in there, and I was like, hey, wake up. I think I woke Bora or someone up and I was like, can I get it? You know, uh, it was the all three of us. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, Wait, you were just, just hungry. Wanted you just wanted... Oh yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted a little pouch, like one of those snack size pouches. <laughs> and um, this, this is definitely when I knew that I was going to be friends with Bora. He didn't, he, he kind of, I mean, it was 2 AM. So you can kind of expect the tone of voice, but he didn't ask me many questions. He was just kind of like, sure <laughs> went back yeah. to bed no questions asked and i was like i'm a yeah. pretty laid back dude usually and i'm like i was like nick just get get your snacks and <laughs> get out of my room i was like i don't <laughs> care 
just like I'm trying to go to bed. I got my 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. at that point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my god. We we definitely had some connecting moments in that bathroom. Oh, I, truly. I, think, I think once you start sharing a bathroom together, you start to really learn about other people and how close you are with people, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> truly. Um, yeah. So Bora, would you? We know that you're a, of a Turkish background. Would you want to talk about maybe some of that background and? some more topics yeah sure so um for my turkish kind of respect uh both my parents are from turkey and if you know the geography and kind of the place in turkey they're from izmir which is the third largest city behind istanbul and then ankara the capital so it's a fairly large city um it's on it's on the western side uh it's classified in asia so it's not like all if you go all the way to the uh, west of turkey you actually go, you cross the border between Asia and Europe, and that's through the bridge on Istanbul. But uh, yeah, I'm a first-generation American, uh, born and raised in Vail, Colorado, which is, if anybody knows, it's a pretty nice ski resort. Uh, so I can ski like <laughs> pretty well. I got a few, I got a few friends in the Olympics. But oh wow, yeah, it was it was kind of weird um, seeing like, oh yeah, that dude we were just hanging out like a few weeks ago, and now he's in Korea. But Shout out to my to my friend Rakai. I hope uh, I hope he does well. But he's if you guys want to search him up, he he was in the halfpipe for New Zealand, and uh, you know love my boy. But uh, yeah, going to my Turkish descent, um, my dad actually uh, mapped my lineage out to the founder of the Turkish Republic, Atatürk Mustafa Kemal, which is kind of like the George Washington of Turkish culture, and. There's been some debacles recently, but he's like, he's almost like revered. Because what he did was he took the Ottoman Empire, you know, the figurehead of Islam within that period. And he, uh, after he beat the British at the Battle of Gallipoli, you know, Nick would know we play that battle on, <laughs> play that battle on battlefield all the time. Yes, we but, do. Uh, it was, he instituted a republic. He broke down kind of the religious uh, authoritarian aspect and created a, he models himself like his government uh, after the alignment thinkers, similar to America, where he had all these checks and balances. He brought in higher education and all these great institutions of higher knowledge. They were all actually taught in English, um, and a few of them are still are still are taught in English today. And he kind of really secularized Turkey, which is kind of really it really juxtaposed the environment where you had this heavy um, like Islamic. Uh, uh, almost not not everywhere, but some Sharia law, and it really was an interesting juxtaposition between the in the middle east but he's you know i'm I'm glad to be traced back to him i'm not it's not direct because he didn't have any kids but he's like my great 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 uncle <laughs> so yeah. cool like like whenever people say to you like tell me like a fun fact about yourself like that's pretty much at the top of the list for anyone to say that yeah it was it was pretty cool that's uh, that's one of my few fun facts but <laughs> anybody who knows history as well uh it it, it means like it's pretty cool but I don't know. It's it's interesting to be related to somebody like of that caliber, you know. And I guess uh, Bora, where have you seen? I'm, I'm sure that his influence today still exists because of his powerful leadership and the things he accomplished. Where do you still see that today in like culture or political movements and stuff like that? Where is that seen? So in, Turkey at this moment of time is in a pretty precarious situation, especially government wise. And like for example, for me culturally. Atatürk was uh, 
put like there's just like posters of him like in my dad's um workplace like he's he's like i don't know if you it's almost like having a mount rushmore but that whole mount rushmore was solidified into a singular person um so he's like the founding father and so you would have him like he's all over the money like there's no different presidents it's just all him and interestingly a few years ago what happened was the president who was who wants at the at the moment his name is erdogan he was turning uh, the country into a more Islamic state. So he wanted to take about take out Ataturk from the from the money because he represented this really secular idea. And he took it off and then all these riots came about because people were pissed. Like this is like the people's hero. Um, and so while that was happening, I actually I was in Turkey. And you know, Turkey's a great place, beautiful area. Like I would I would most definitely go visit. But at the time it was it was in some turmoil and uh, I got actually caught in a in a strike. We were we were busing home, uh, me and my mother, because my dad was uh, he was still here, um, holding down his business, and uh, it was crazy. It was pretty crazy. Do you know how um how is Turkey handling the coronavirus situation now? Like, I haven't um I haven't been looking at their specific response. Like, is everyone doing well over there? Is the response seem to be going well from the Erdogan government? It's a uh, you know. Um, I'll talk from like my grandmother's perspective. Uh, they banned uh, people who are under, I think, 20 and over 65 from going outside their homes, period. So like my, my grandmother got a fine for taking out her trash, <laughs> which was like, oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was kind of ridiculous. But um, my mom theorizes that like their, their numbers aren't super high, but my mom thinks um, they're lying about it. I don't know. Uh, if they are or not, but she she's more well versed in that because so in the past like in the past few years there's been a lot of like Syrian refugees and hence mm-hmm. there's been actually like uh, a sharp increase in the percentage of homeless people just because you're already in a pretty compact like uh, state because you get a lot of travel between Europe and Asia as it's kind of like the bridge between the two and there was kind of like a housing crisis and then with that came this like. COVD, like global pandemic. Um, and I think compared to what you're going to see on the news, it's hit like kind of hard. None of my family members have been affected, thankfully. Um, but it's it's more strict than America. Fascinating to hear. It's just looking at how all these different countries have responded to the coronavirus. It's like really um, like fascinating insight into like which strategies in hindsight have worked the best, I guess. And I guess we'll see if... Um, these steps restricting people's ages have um, hopefully flattened the curve in Turkey. I hope so. so I hope so. Okay. Um, I just, uh, was there anything you'd like to add as a, uh, we're, we're almost capped at time. Is there anything you'd like to add as your closing statements or a plug for any, uh, anything you're listening to maybe that uh, Olympic friend of yours or uh, anyone listening out there? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll do a little few shout outs, you know, shout out to the four four boys and, uh, and Signua Mines. Uh, and in addition, my boys back home, um, global citizens, you know who you are, but, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you know, it's nice, nice, nice to chat with a few, uh, few good dudes. Yeah, man, of course it was a pleasure to have you on and, um, hear about these uh, fascinating stories about your background and just to hear a little peek behind the curtain at your guys' life and minds. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, Bora Bishildes, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for those uh, uh, very 
fun stories about us uh, getting to know each other. Um, yeah, most definitely. Stay safe, stay healthy, and, you know, I will see you later tonight on Minecraft, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Uh, I guess I'll be signing out. And I hope, you know, I hope you guys are staying safe as well, you know, you and your families. Thanks, man, definitely. Thank you. Hey, Nick. Hey, Dave. Welcome back. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just had a couple of technical difficulties with Anchor, but we finally seem to have it up and running again on another platform. Yes, sir. It is uh, definitely a uh, <clears throat> a weird time to have these issues. Uh, I, it makes sense because of the current situation we're in right now, but it still stinks when we have issues like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I guess should we transition to some he heavy stuff then? Yeah. To our viewers out there, um, we're going to be jumping into the heavier stuff, more of the current events and what's happening around the world during this quarantine and uh, during the coronavirus. Uh, thank you again to our guest, Bora Bashildes, for coming on and talking yes. about uh, special topics of interest. We really appreciated that. And without further ado, let's get started. So I wanted to talk about the coronavirus in India. Um, my background is of the Indian background. <laughs> Sorry, that came out weird, but I'm <laughs> um, ethnically Indian and my parents are from India. So uh, the news in India is pretty relevant to me and my family. And we've been seeing that the coronavirus shutdown, stay in place has been heavily enforced in India with police officers kind of attacking people who come out and who are not following those restrictions. Um, it's brutal, but it is, it's working. Uh, Dave, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's kind of brutal myself, but what do you think? Yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear. Um, when you look, especially at countries like, India and China, the two most populous countries in the world, and the fact that China had such a large outbreak and is an authoritarian country. And meanwhile, you have India, the world's largest democracy. And it seems to be, like you said, working very well. I'm very happy to see that for India. Um, the fact that the cases have been so low, especially in a country with over a billion people. And hopefully, hopefully this can, um, this trend can continue. Um, I don't know, like, do you, what, what is your sense of the situation on the ground there right now? I believe that a lot of people are panicking and rightfully so it probably, I don't know that much about the virus in terms of health and a uh, technical, uh, I guess what makes up the virus, how it spreads and stuff like that. But I assume it spreads pretty quickly as we've been seeing and people in India are frightening because of that. So they're, you know, they're taking their time, making sure that they're staying home for as long as they need to. They're making sure that, they're not rushing back into stuff because so many people live in India and so closely. So if one person gets it in a small region quotes around the small, a lot of people are going to get it and it's going to be pretty drastic to spread. Yeah. Yeah. That really makes sense. Yeah. I guess Nick, could you go into like a little bit more about um, your family members that you may have currently in India and um, just a little bit more about what they've been saying about the situation? Yeah, so I have pretty much all of my family is in India. I think I have a few cousins over here in America. And I know some of my cousins in India, they've been sent back home from school like we have. They've been forced to stay home, so they can't even go to the gym, also like we have. And I've been seeing these memes, which is why I think it's pretty common now for police officers to attack people who do leave their houses. I've been seeing memes about uh, police officers um, attacking people who've been leaving their houses and it's violent 
not completely justified, but also partially justified because of the current events that are happening around the world. And I think that a lot of my family members and relatives are feeling pretty cooped up, but they understand that they have to stay cooped up. And I feel like there's not as much of a political stance behind it as there is in America. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. I totally mean that. Well, or totally understand that. Um, first of all, I'm glad to hear everyone. I'm very happy to hear everyone in your family's um, doing well health wise. And, and uh, yeah, I understand that that'd be very scary too, especially if it seems like there's more um, pressure by police, like fear of police brutality, I guess, and enforcing the coronavirus. Um, obviously in the U S we, haven't seen that as much, at least in um, the Northeast, um, as far as I'm aware of. But it's interesting because we need to do the social distancing, and it's something that's very important, obviously. But at the same time, we it's important to ensure that people's rights aren't violated, and that people, while people, we want to make sure people are social distancing. We want to make sure we're not brutalizing people for being outside, especially if it's for things such as like getting basic recreation. True. Very true. Yeah. So I guess with that, do you have anything else on uh, India to say about their situation with the coronavirus? Uh, I've seen a lot of celebrities, Indian celebrities in the entertainment industry and otherwise uh, tackling on uh, donations towards research for finding the cure or vaccine for the coronavirus. That's pretty much it. Uh, Dave, if you'd like to jump into another big current event that's been happening with Bernie, um, please Mm. feel free. Yeah. So um, as I'm sure a lot of you saw this past week, Bernie Sanders ended his presidential campaign, which means that Joe Biden is now the presumptive Democratic nominee. And um, especially like a lot of people I know, a lot of college age people are Bernie supporters. And a lot of people online have been reacting and been very upset to see him dropping out of the race because Bernie really did start a movement that a lot of people resonated with very closely. But the one thing um, that's concerned me very much, and uh, Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on this too, is I'm very scared about the people who are saying now that Bernie is out of the race, that they are questioning whether they're going to support the Democratic nominee. Um, while I, I want to remind everyone that when Bernie Sanders' chief message is that um, Donald Trump is an existential threat to the continued well-being of this country. That's Bernie Sanders' chief, his perhaps his most guiding principle. And even if you don't agree with Joe Biden on all of his policy issues, it's indubitable that the best thing, the best possible outcome with us now with Joe Biden as the presumptive nominee is for everyone to get behind him and support him. And that's why it's very concerning for me to see so many memes and things online, making fun of Joe Biden, calling him old and senile. And because I really, I think the most important thing we need to all do is unify as a party, assuming you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican and Trump supporter, in which case we just don't agree politically. But if you're a Democrat, I think the best thing we can do now is unify the party. And uh, I'm, Nick, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts as well. Well, Dave, I agree. Your concerns are very validated. The The big problem we saw with the 2016 election was a lot of people didn't show up to Hillary Clinton's uh, votes. Uh, sorry, I rephrased. Let me rephrase that. A lot of people didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because they thought they weren't as supportive of her and they felt they needed to vote for other people. And that's one of the big reasons why Donald Trump won. Personally, I'm a moderate, so I'm, I'm trying to pre- present this as a moderate stance. Um, so I, I believe that for those people who were Bernie supporters, this is going to be an issue for the Democratic Party if they don't get Bernie supporters to support Joe Biden. And it's going to be a pretty big issue because I believe Donald Trump is still doing pretty well in the Republican numbers, and he's still headed up to be 
re um, reelected or just get as many votes from Republican um, voters as possible because of the support he's been getting. And I think as of now, if we were to have the, the election tomorrow, those people who supported Bernie Sanders, who don't support Joe Biden, would have a big impact on the outcome of the election and maybe possibly have Donald Trump win an election if we had it tomorrow. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And on um, the Bernie supporters as well, just um, I guess one last thought on their stance on the outcome of the primary. You know, a lot of them feel that Joe Biden was chosen by the DNC, like the Democratic establishment as our nominee, kind of how Hillary was in 2016. And I will say in this election, there was a very crowded primary field, obviously. And ultimately, there was a period where Bernie did look like he was going to win the nomination. But what ended up happening is that he couldn't increase support in the suburbs, which was key to flipping the House of Representatives in 2018 for the Democrats. He couldn't increase numbers in communities of color, except for he did fairly well in the Hispanic community. But um, communities of color are the bedrock of the, the Democratic Party, and you need to do well there. And he also did not increase the youth turnout as much as would be necessary to secure the nomination. And older, more moderate voters um, did go with Biden, especially after Klobuchar and Buttigieg and all the others dropped out. And personally, Biden wasn't my first choice. I was originally an Elizabeth Warren supporter, but I recognize the necessity of defeating Donald Trump and think that Joe Biden has shown strength in the coalitions that we need most to win. And he will be a vast, his leadership will be a vast improvement, not only policy-wise, but also for the moral standing of this country. So I'd like to encourage everyone to stand behind him. And again, if you're a Trump supporter, I'm sorry, I just don't agree with you, but um, that's that's kind of my take on the issue. Right. It's um, it's definitely an issue that uh, for the minority communities out there, I think Trump has been trying to sway you to vote towards him. Uh, so if you are a Democrat and you are in support of removing Donald Trump from office, you know, you should align behind Joe Biden because that's the best shot of winning. That's your only shot. Yes. At your only shot. yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Yeah. So I guess, I guess, Nick, you want to move on, um, brief the people on the latest in um, coronavirus news? Coronavirus yes. Related. So, so more somber news. Uh, as of today, April 11th, 2020, America now leads the world with the number of deaths because of the coronavirus. Previously, it was held by Italy, but today we surpassed them. And it's, it's a very unfortunate reality that we've come to that this virus has taken its biggest hit. America has taken the biggest hit from this virus up to today. And, you know, there, there's been some forecasting out there from Dr. Fauci, as, as Dave will get into pretty soon. But pretty much social distancing has been proven to work. We are going to see when Dave talks about it, how it plays out in projections and future predictions for how much will spread, how many people will be infected and um, how many people can survive this virus. Uh, Dave, you want to kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, as he said, very, very sad news um, now that America is leading the world in death tolls. Again, I do think that China has underreported their coronavirus statistics. So there is a chance that we may still not be necessarily number one because China has a lot more effective um, tools as an authoritarian regime to hide certain statistics. But I guess if you're looking for a slimmer of Better, I guess better news. Um, the initial projections are word that the United States would have between 150 and 200,000 
coronavirus-related deaths. And according to Dr. Fauci, that number is now looking like it's going to be more closer to 60,000 by August, which is certainly it's great to know that we're going to have much less projected deaths than we originally were. And hopefully this means that if we keep this up, we can go back to some semblance of normal life over the summer. And hopefully the American people will not be affected by this virus. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just, um, it's unprecedented times we're living in. I'm hoping very much that um, we'll be able to go back to school in the fall and the economy will restart. But of course, the most important thing is um, ensuring everyone's health. Right, Dave, health and safety. On that note, uh, on what you were saying about China maybe hiding its death toll numbers, I heard and read something about maybe New York not having as accurate numbers as they could because of uh, different issues that are popping up with counting how many people have passed away. So mm. there might actually be more deaths than is currently uh, being reported. And that's something we should take into account because we might be getting hit pretty hard right now. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely true. Yeah. So I guess, hmm, I guess, Nick, is there anything else you want to cover on coronavirus? I think we've been pretty somber, pretty sad during this heavy segment. I think it's safe enough for us to jump over it. I'm not sure if there is anything else to cover except stay home, practice social distancing, only leave if it's absolutely necessary. Uh, Dave, you want to take it away? Yeah, couldn't have said it any better myself. So I guess moving on now to some lighter stuff, we are going to hit you with um, a kind of a potpourri of a couple fun different things. Um, first, I guess... Starting off, Nick, do you want to talk a bit about the movie Django Unchained? Yes. So for those of you out there who have heard of the name Quentin Tarantino, he is a big name in Hollywood. He is a director and writer for many films. He has this, so Quentin Tarantino has this idea slash goal where he wants to write and direct 10 films and then be done with his entertainment um, career. He's done nine films so far. The most recent film that came out was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, other popular films of his include uh, great movie by the way great movie highly recommend yes david it was it was i thought the movie was a little a little dragged out i thought the last half hour made up for it but i don't know if i could watch the first two and a half hours again you know yeah that's fair yeah if you're um if you're familiar with tarantino movies there's a lot of action um there's a lot of um glorification of hollywood um, a lot of very great um filmmaking scenes of los angeles and if you're if um if you're looking for something good to watch, um, that's the only Tarantino movie I'd, I've seen. But I guess if you want to keep going with uh, Django Unchained, that's another one I'm definitely interested in. Right, right. So, uh, movies that stand out in his in his time as a director and writer are Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards. And one of the big movies that stood out is Django Unchained. Now, Django Unchained was originally written with Will Smith intended to be the lead. However, the role went to Jamie Foxx. Uh, The reason why I'm bringing this up is because most of you out there who are listening own Netflix. And if you do have a Netflix subscription, April 25th, Django Unchained will be coming to Netflix in the United States. And we highly recommend you watch it. It's a very interesting tale and take on slavery by Quentin Tarantino. And just the justice that is deserved, I guess, of ill-mannered slave owners. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm definitely going to want to check out that movie. Um, I guess um, in terms of some things I'll recommend to the listeners, um, I'm very much a a big podcast listener. 
Um, it's something I like to do it. Um, but when I was in school, I'd listen to them when I'm walking to school or, um, over the summer, if I was on the train going to work, I would do that. Um, and just in general, even now, I think podcasts are a great way to pass the time. So, um, a couple I'd recommend are reply all is a great one. It's, um, PJ vote and Alex Goldman from Gimlet media talk about the internet and technology and the ways it's shaped our society in these really fun and interesting ways. And um, it's really not just a story or a podcast rather about the internet, but it's about life in um, contemporary America. For example, they find a recent episode where they track down the origins of this song that someone had um, remembered in their head, but couldn't find online. And they helped to track down the original creator. Um, this American life is a very good one. It's NPR talks about various people from all segments of life. Um, just very, very broad mandate, but just really interesting stories. Um if you are a politics person, um, and particularly a lefty like I am, uh, Pod Save America and Pod Save the World are both great to keep you up to date on. It's how I stay one of the best ways I stay on top of current events. Um, if I have some fr- some good friends of mine recently created a podcast called An Excuse to Talk. It only has a few episodes, but talks to Hopkins students about um, just different memories and um, experiences they've had on their campus. Um, Like just like, what's your favorite memory? And they're getting that off the ground. So I definitely would promote that. And finally, um, if you're a Sixers fan, like I am, I know very niche thing, but um, or basketball, the rights to Ricky Sanchez has been one. It's been a fan. I've been a fan of for years. So I guess, yeah, Nick, do you have any, I would like to agree with your uh, recommendation of pod save America. I listen to that here and there, and I find it very interesting and informative. It it is uh, a bit leftist, but it does inform you if you were to take it in a moderate standpoint as well. Yes. Yes. So I guess you want to hit the people with some, um, video game recommend or video game podcasts, really anything. Right. Yeah. That, that is exactly what, what we need during this time to pass the time podcast recommendations, movie recommendations, and video game recommendations. And as we had our guest star, um, Bora show up earlier in this episode. We wanted to kind of advertise what I talked to him about at the end. Minecraft is a great game, great video game to be playing on your PC, which means computer or console like an Xbox or PS4. It's a great way to build, be creative, try to pass the time, try to come up with ideas to uh, innovate things on a video game platform. Additionally, I'd recommend Battlefield 1 for those of you who enjoy first person shooter games. That's a game that takes place during World War One, and you get to play in different battles on both sides of each battle. It it proves to be a very great way to pass the time and have fun. I would recommend that. I know Dave and myself, we both participate in the playing of Madden, Madden 19. Yeah, Madden is fun. I love Madden, yeah. Yeah, it's a very fun football game. It lets you play as the quarterback and other players on the team, and you can play with up to four people in a game. Yeah, Madden's a very fun way if you're just looking for um, a very addictive and light way to pass the time playing people online, and Madden's a very good way to go. Agreed. Dave, would you would you like to talk oh, about... Sorry, with that I, interruption from Fury, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I just I, I was looking at our agenda, and I noticed that one of our next topics that we'd like to cover is recommending we all practice our karaoke. Personally, I know that my dad has just bought a karaoke machine, so... My dad and I have been singing to old and new Bollywood songs. Oh, that's so, so, so singers from like Kishore Kumar to Sonu Nigam, all these people, 
we've been trying to practice their way of singing and we've been practicing with a microphone and a karaoke machine. It's great. Dave, what songs would you like to sing to, or do you sing to? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have, it's funny actually on Spotify, I have a whole playlist called carpool karaoke jams, where it's just kind of like, if you're in the car, you're looking for some high quality music to listen to. Um, I don't care if you all are going to hate on me. Um, people listening to this podcast, but dancing queen by ABBA, I genuinely think is a good song. And I, Still bop to that. I don't care um, what the haters say. That's a great song. <laughs> um, there's also um, the song with um, – it's a – I'm totally blanking on it now, but it's an Elton John song. It's called Don't Go Breaking My Heart with Kiki D. That song that's, is amazing. That song is fantastic. Ain't No Mountain High Enough with um, Marvin Gaye is another great one and Tammy Terrell. And um, I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. Those are a couple um, kind of more soulful – songs that are always good for karaoke those are classic songs i would have to agree 100 percent. yeah all right so i guess i guess we've covered a lot of ground today is there anything else you want to say before we sign off no again you know we'd like to just advertise that our our podcast quarantine today is available on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor anchor is having some issues so it might not be a platform where you can listen to it right now but you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify without any interruptions. Uh, happy Easter. Dave, would you like to finish us off? Sure, yeah. Uh, happy Easter, happy Passover, happy whatever holidays or birthdays or celebrations you may be celebrating in this time. And uh, stay well, and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.